Welcome to Living Brightly. I'm your host, Paige Schmidt. This podcast is dedicated to women who aspire to co-create a bright and purposeful life with God. Here, we'll have conversations and share stories about what it means to live brightly as women who are unconditionally loved by God. So let's dive right in and embark on this transformative journey together. Hello, and welcome to another Living Brightly episode. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Today, we're actually talking about your bright life, which happy 2024. Again, I hope the first month of the year is going well for you, that you're feeling brighter. If you're not though, this episode is here to support you, whether you're already feeling brighter or you're wanting to feel brighter, this episode is here to support you. It is almost the end of January now. I know for some, we can start the new year real hot with our goals and desires and everything. And by the end of the month, there's no shame in this, but things can start to feel like they're burning out. Maybe you've been tracking something for a few weeks and you're just starting to feel bored of it, exhausted, whatever it is, no shame in that, but let's come together and recenter ourselves today around remembering what is most important to you and remembering what makes your life bright. When I say bright, I think of vibrant. I think of authentic. I think of you as your youest you, the most bright version of you, the you with joy and peace and calm and contentment and a rich satisfaction in your life. That's what I think of when I think of bright. I think of the you who is free from the behaviors and habits and thoughts that weigh you down. Those behaviors, habits, and thoughts that you know don't serve you. These problem areas of your life that keep coming back up. You know that you'd like to see a change, but maybe when you start making a change, you start to place all these shoulds on yourself. Like this is the way that I make change in this area and it doesn't feel good. Uh, Maybe you start making a change that you know is good for you, you know feels good, but then you think the thought, like, I shouldn't have to do this. Like, for example, if you know that your brightest life includes you not drinking alcohol, and so you decide to give up alcohol, and three weeks in, you're going out with your friends and you're thinking, well, I shouldn't have to not drink alcohol. I don't really have a problem, so I shouldn't have to not drink it, so I'll just have some. And then a few weeks later, you're right back to where you were and you're remembering the reason you wanted to stop in the first place. Again, there's no shame in this. I'm speaking of very normal human behavior that I hear all the time and that I too have felt myself. But that little phrase, the, I shouldn't have to do this when it's something that you know, deep down is the most life giving choice. That's such a holdback. That one little thought, I shouldn't have to do this around something that we've intentionally decided to do to support ourselves is something that holds so many of us back. Whether it's setting a boundary, you know, you have to have and a few weeks into setting it, you're thinking, I shouldn't have to set this boundary. I just want things to be easy and normal. I don't want to have to have these parameters, but you know that you set up the parameters because that would be the most life-giving thing. 
or I shouldn't have to, you know, not eat a certain thing, but you know, when you eat that thing, you feel so sick. And I'm just throwing out some examples, a budget. Maybe you have a budget because you really want to have and experience peace around money. You want to experience financial freedom and that your, maybe your credit cards are paid off. There's peace. You're not living paycheck to paycheck. You're living below your means and you're finding rich fulfillment in so many other areas of your life that cost you nothing. And that's good. That's the best thing for you. That's going to give you the most bright, free, and light life. But a few weeks into budgeting, you see something bright and shiny that you want and you think, I shouldn't have to do this. I work so hard for my money. This sucks. This is so stupid. It makes me feel so restricted. I don't want to do this anymore. And you give up the budget, right? That little phrase shouldn't have to, when it is the best, brightest, and most supportive choice, it's just a thought. It's not a fact. And it so often holds so many of us back. So the first way that I define living a bright life is a life lived with God, guided by God, with him at your side, where you're seeking him first, and you're seeking a personal relationship with him. You're seeking to know him more, and you're seeking to know his character more and to move toward him, to move closer to him and to understand how much he loves you too. And the best that he wants for you. The second way I define it is a life free from the things that are dimming your light and weighing you down. So to live brightly is to live free from those things that are dimming your light and weighing you down and to live a life that is guided by God, where you're surrendered to God, you're trusting his will, you're praying for his will, you're praying that he would align your heart with his desires and his values for your brightest life. I want you to live a free, light, and bright life, a life that feels richly satisfying and purposeful. There are so many things in this world that weigh us down. A lot of them are what I'm going to call overages, right? Like you've got overages on your credit card bill, right? Overages are things like over drinking, overthinking, over planning, overspending, overeating. They're excess. They're too much of something that maybe a little bit of that thing would have been great. A little bit of that beautiful, wonderful food would be great, but too much of it leaves you feeling sick and with a stomach ache. A little bit of spending on something that you're being really calm and intentional with. It's something you've thought through. You have the money for it. That can be great. That can be so rewarding. There's so many benefits. It rewards you. It rewards the economy, everything, but overspending, getting into debt, getting into this cycle of needing more cycle of consumerism cycle of being too influenced by the world, thinking you need things and then spending way more than you make and having that have you feel less happy. That's not going to leave you feeling free and light, right? All of these things weigh us down. So what does your bright life look like? A life free from these overages, a lighter life. When you think about you, the most free from these overages, the most calm, centered, peaceful, joyful, content, richly satisfied you with the things that matter most in your life, your bright life, the most authentic version of you stripped from all this excess, How does she feel? What does she look like? 
What does her spiritual life look like? How is she trusting God more? How is she finding more satisfaction in God? A life with financial peace, free from consumerism, free from overconsumption. The lie in overconsumption, by the way, is that we're made to believe that we need more and more and more to be happy. You hop online, you go on Instagram, and you start to see all these reels and these outfits and these kitchen things and these home things that make you think you need those things in order to be happy, in order to like your environment, in order to like how you look. And so you buy them, you're excited, you buy them. In that moment, it feels fun and like your life is going to change with this new makeup or this new outfit or this new kitchen utensil, right? But you end up spending more than you make, which by the way, is so easy to do. A regular simple budget of just life expenses is already pretty full. And then we start to add all these things that feel little in the moment and we see everyone else doing them. So we think like, well, this is just the way people spend money. Everybody buys stuff and tons of money on clothes and eating out and uh, grabbing a drink at the gas station while you're there. And, you know, going out for drinks and going on vacations and buying a new outfit for every event. We see this as normal. And so we think this is just how everyone spends. But I have sat down with so many women to go over their budget. And the majority of people who I meet with, in fact, I'm going to say all people I meet with, even the ones who make what to me seems like an astronomical amount of money, they still have intentional purposes for that money and investment things. And so even the people who make a ton of money, the ones who feel really calm and peaceful around money are not just spend, 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 spending on all this like instant impulse, hyper, like fast instant gratification stuff. They're spending very slowly and intentionally. And that's what a budget can do for you. It can help bring you some self-control in that area. If you have the right thoughts about it, a budget can also, if you have unhelpful thoughts around it can also make you feel restricted, make you mad that you have to do this budget, just like food. There are ways of eating healthy that feel calm and beautiful and rich and life giving, and that leave you feeling so great and having such an appreciation and gratitude for food. And there are ways of eating and thinking about eating that make you feel restricted and bored and frustrated. And the, the food's not good. You think you have to eat boring, bland food, right? And so you're not going to stick to that. So our thoughts matter so much. Our thoughts matter so much because they're either helping us move toward the person that we want to be and how we want to live or away from from the person that we want to be and how we want to live. It's so hard to feel like you're living your brightest life when you are weighed down by any of these overages that we've talked about. Instead, a life where you're practicing immensely more contentment for what you already have, where you're doing tons of free, fulfilling things like enjoying home cooking, making new recipes, wonderful cups of coffee, like slowing down and really savoring that good first cup of coffee at home, reading a great book, having conversation, making space for connection, even just with the people in your home, space for music and space for quiet, space to be off your phone, space to fill up that life satisfaction tank at home. All of these things make life so rich. And by the way, I know I said free, fun, fulfilling things. And then I said home cooking, and I know you have to buy groceries, of course, but 
we, we all know that when you cook at home and you make most of your food at home versus eating all your meals out, you are spending differently. And so that's why I'm considering that one of those like free fulfilling things. You're not paying extra to go out to eat. Instead, you're using the food that you've already purchased that you have at home. Anyways, you finally begin to feel lighter when you surrender and let go of these overages and not just surrender them, but truly realize again, this is why your thoughts matter, that these things do not leave you feeling happy with alcohol. For example, I spent so long thinking that a little bit of alcohol made me happier, like going to a friend's house for dinner. Everyone else is having wine. So I would want to have a glass of wine. I genuinely enjoy the wine. Um, I like the relaxed feeling that it gives me. It gives me a sense of belonging because other people are doing it. I spent so long thinking that that made me happier. And it wasn't until I realized that afterwards for me personally, this is just a me thing. Each person's bright and purposeful life will look different. But for me, I'd get in the car afterwards and I would just have this feeling of like, I wish I didn't drink. Like that just didn't do anything for me. Even the glass or two, like it didn't add anything for me personally. And so I had to come to grips with the truth for me that alcohol just does not add goodness to my life. My most bright, joyful, purposeful, peaceful, calm, fulfilled, authentic life looks like a life without alcohol. And so what that looks like for the rest of my life, I don't know, but in this current season of just not drinking alcohol, it feels so good. It feels peaceful. It feels super peaceful. And so for you, if your problem is overspending or online shopping or eating way more than your body has room for, slowing down and recognizing that your brain wants to tell you in the moment that those choices over drinking, overspending, overeating are making you happier. Your brain does. Your brain will convince you in the moment. If you're, if you're taking the action of moving toward over drinking, overeating, listen to the thoughts that are going through your mind in that moment. There's something there that your brain's telling you to do that thing and that it will be better. For example, you're eating a burrito and it tastes so good and you realize you're getting full, but you see a little bit of that burrito left and your brain starts going, but this tastes so good. If you stop now, you're going to miss out on a good thing. Don't stop. Like this tastes so good. Don't stop the good flavor of this burrito and you keep eating. And then you're left feeling so full way more full than you wanted to. And now at the end of the meal, what you're thinking about is how full you are and how you wish you didn't eat so much versus if you had stopped when you were full, you could be thinking grateful thoughts like that was so good. I love good food. I'm so glad that I get to eat that food. Thank you to the person who made that for me, right? And you can think more grateful thoughts that leave you feeling better. They're more helpful thoughts. But when we go over on anything, we spend too much, we drink too much, we eat too much. We're left in the negative. We're left wondering why we did that thing. And we're not feeling bright. We're not feeling light. We're not feeling free. We're feeling really stuck and really trapped. And we're wondering why we always do these things. So what are the things for you personally? And again, this can be different for every person. What are the things that weigh you down? What areas of your life do you personally always see as these problem areas? Is it money, food, alcohol? 
what are the areas that you dream about being free in? Like you just wish you could be a person who just didn't drink and you were so happy and fine with that. Or you just wish you were a person with food who food was easy. You made delicious food, but you didn't feel the need to overeat. Like when you really think in terms of dreaming about the freedom you wish you could have and the person you wish you could be, what are you thinking about? Because I want to tell you, and I want to encourage you that those things are possible for you. I believe those things are possible for you. I have the privilege of hearing so many stories from so many women and, and kind of being inside their brains with them. And also me as a woman being inside my own brain. And one thing I know is that we all have these stories about ourselves that are optional, but we don't realize they're optional. So for example, we think we are just a person who has an online shopping problem and we always will, or we think we are just a person who just cannot for whatever reason, stick to any commitments that she makes. We think we're a person who eats healthy for a little while and then just stops. And that's just how we are. And it's always what we do and we can't get a grip on it. We think we're a person who just spends, we're just a spender. We have all these stories, all these labels, and we cling onto them as if they are who we are. Let me tell you, those are just stories. Those are just thoughts. They are not who you are. They might be things that you have experienced many times over. They might be things that feel like habits right now, but habits are just habits. Habits are just one-time behaviors that are repeated often enough that they become a habit. They become habitual. They become the thing that you normally do, but you can change that. And What I want to help you do, what I hope to encourage you to do, whether it's here on the podcast, whether it's in group coaching and live brightly, or whether it's in private coaching with me, I want to help you change those stories and empower you to know that you can change those stories and that they are optional. They are optional. And I will just say those stories, if you have them, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I totally have those stories. Like I can think of five of them right now. Those are the things that are holding you back. If you're wondering, why do I keep doing this? Check your stories. Those are the things that are holding you back. Like I had a story around alcohol, for example, that I wouldn't be as fun if I wasn't drinking. And I had all this evidence to prove that to myself. I would think things like, well, somebody told me that they love drunk page before. And so people must think that I'm fun when I'm drinking. So therefore, if I don't drink, I won't be as fun. Or somebody said this other thing to me at one time in my life. And it's just in my head and I can't get it out of my head. And I totally have this idea that I am more fun when I'm drinking. So if I stop drinking, it won't be fun anymore. People won't enjoy hanging out with me. They'll wish that I was drinking. They'll hate that I'm not drinking. I had all these stories and that's all they were, were stories, thoughts, and they held me back for so long from being the person that I wanted to be who didn't need alcohol in her life. And again, this is just a me thing. This is what leaves me feeling my absolute brightest. It might be a you thing too. If it is, I get it. I get it. I so get how you're feeling. So what are the things that are weighing you down the most? What stories do you have about them? It might be worthwhile to literally, if you can pause this episode, grab your journal and write down like, what are my stories? What are the things that I always say to myself? Like, I am such a person who just goes through phases. I can't stick to anything or I can never stick to my commitments. I always make these big decisions and I think I'm going to do them. And then I end up backpedaling and I go back on my word to myself. I can't change. I can't move forward. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't 
right? What are those stories that you have? Those things are holding you back from living your most bright and purposeful life. So why am I so passionate about this? (laughs) One of the reasons, and I will say this is probably one of the number one reasons in my life is because my dad, if any of you know, my dad passed away in 2022, (laughs) to pause on that date yet, 2022, And he died from chronic alcoholism. Bless his heart. I love him so much. And I saw my dad at his very best and his very worst. And I know him and think about him now by his best. There is so much grace, at least in my experience, when someone dies, all the best memories come flooding to the top. Trust me, I still have those hard and really negative memories stories in my mind too, but I am practicing forgiving those stories, having grace for him, knowing he did the best with the tools that he had. And I just, I feel sad for him in a, in a genuine, like, gosh, I, I see what was possible for you because I saw you at your best and I saw you so happy and I saw you just flooded with connection and being generous and happy and in the kitchen and cooking and doing your workout classes and doing the yard and being with the neighbors and having fun and connection. And I, I saw him be that way. And to me, I'm like, that's who you are. You at your best is who you are. And I'm speaking to you too, whoever's listening to this, you at your best is who you are. All this other stuff, these habits, thoughts, behaviors that you don't like these, these are the struggles. These are the things that are trying to weigh you down. These are the things that are weighing you down. These are the things that we can let go, but we do need a community around us and we do need support. Whatever that looks like, do not try to do this alone. I believe there are a few things that took my dad down. One was shame. He was so stuck on shame and he could not let it go. So if you are experiencing shame, which sounds like stuff that's all wrapped up in your story and they are thoughts that are telling you this is who you are and they're negative and they feel unhelpful, they feel hurtful, those things are shame. Shame takes us down. I want so much for you to be able to help you get free from that shame, to start telling yourself a different story about who you are and start living that out. So shame, number one, will take us down. The second thing is isolation. And this is something I have to be very mindful of in my own life because I saw my dad and even my mom too, to some extent, do a lot of isolating. And we isolate when it feels like things are not going well, things are too hard right now, and I can't let anybody else in on this. They won't care. It'll be too much for them. Uh, They'll think I'm being a downer, whatever it is. We isolate when we're having a hard time. So don't isolate. Isolating keeps us stuck in our shame and it keeps us stuck in our cycles. It is so hard to break a cycle of something when we are completely isolated. We're not asking for help. We're not being vulnerable. We're not connecting with others. We need human connection. So be very aware of that, very mindful. And when you see yourself starting to isolate, push yourself to get into some sort of community, to reach out to a friend. Don't isolate. That's another thing that could take us down. And then the last thing is just again, these stories that we have about ourselves, getting attached to our stories about this is just who I am. I want you to rewrite those stories 
And instead of like, this is just who I am. And you're putting the old negative story there, rewrite it and put that new dream story there. Like, this is who I wish I could be and rewrite it as this is who I am. And just ask yourself, is that who I want to be? And then ask yourself if these old stories, doesn't matter if they're true or false, Just ask yourself, are they helpful or unhelpful in terms of helping me move toward the woman that I want to be? Okay. So, so passionate about this for that reason. I love my dad so much. I wish he was still here. If he were here, he would be surely cooking pesto and making homemade hummus and pizzas and drinking coffee and smiling in the kitchen. Like if he were here and living free from alcohol, living his brightest life, he would be doing Zumba. (laughs) He was so funny when he did Zumba too. He would like literally be at the front of the class and he would spin and twirl around the room. Like he would just crack me up. He was the king of step, the king of Zumba. I used to go to aerobics classes with him when I was a little girl and he would literally stick me at the back of the class in my car seat and I would watch him do Zumba or actually back then it was step. I'd watch him do step and then later in life step kind of got pushed away, which by the way, I'm so sad. I love step aerobics and Zumba came in and that, that one's a little hard for me. Steps more coordinated and I do better with the more coordination (laughs) versus just like the free flowing dance. But I seriously saw him at his best and brightest. And when I look at him from the outside, I'm like, dad, that's who you are. And it was my greatest desire to help him see that. But I think the shame and isolation got so uh, in the way that it kept him from that. So if you're listening to this and you are alive and living and breathing and have ears and you're capable of making change, I say this in the most loving way, that is what I want for you. I want you to be able to experience the change you want to see in your life. And I know you can. So if you are looking for support, you have options. If you want to get support from me, you can come join us and live brightly to free yourself up, to live your brightest and lightest life, to free yourself up, to live your brightest, most purposeful life with God, inviting God into the center because we can pray. We have power. God gives us power. We can ask him to give us strength, his strength to help us when we're feeling weak. We can ask him to help us change. We need to invite God into the center and plus a life lived close to God in relationship with him, discovering how much he loves you, discovering more of his character. That is a rich and fulfilling life. And we need rich, fulfilling, meaningful things when we're moving away from stuff that no longer serves us. So I can support you in group coaching and live brightly, or you can send me an email page at pageschmidt.com. If you want to see about my one-on-one coaching openings, if I am full right now, when this episode goes live, I'll add you to a wait list. I'll let you know as soon as the spot opens, just reach out get connected. Or if you're just here for the episode and coaching is not your thing right now, which who knows, reach out. Maybe it is if you haven't experienced it before, but at least reach out to a friend, tell your partner, reach out to someone you trust and say, I noticed that I'm struggling with something and I want to isolate because I have some shame around it. And I'm just reaching out to get this out into the open and to say that I'm trying and I'm working on it. 
and to get encouragement. And of course, reach out to people who you trust and who will encourage you and uplift you and build you up. That is the purpose for Live Brightly, to be in community who these women love God and they will love you. And the purpose of our community is to encourage one another, to build one another up, just as scripture tells us to do. No shame, no judgment, just holding space for others to move into this bright life that they want to have. So I better wrap up this episode. We're getting close to 30 minutes and thank you so much for being here. Again, what does your bright life look like? Free from all the overages, free from the stuff that's weighing you down. Just you, the authentic, amazing, beautiful, God-designed you, the light, free, joyful version of you, the you who is experiencing daily peace in his presence, the real you, the emotional you, the genuine bright, raw, authentic you. I love this you so much and I want to help you love her too. So send me an email, come into Live Brightly. Let's talk about what your bright light looks like. Let's have you walk in it. Let's build you up and encourage you. I would love to hear from you. Talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in. If you desire support and community in your journey to living your bright life, come join us in Live Brightly, a transformative space that combines coaching and community, specifically designed for women who are ready to co-create a bright and purposeful life with God. Together, we'll explore the depths of his love and uncover the radiant potential within you. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to live a life that lights up the world around you. Join Live Brightly today at pageschmidt.com forward slash live brightly. We'll see you there.